The Naval Academy Museum presents a history of the Navy in 100 objects. Both before and after the Civil War, the Navy was building new commercial relationships with the insular Asian powers like we have discussed in our last episodes. However, the Navy also began to look north and south towards the last unexplored areas of the world, the North and South Poles. Arctic and Antarctic exploration and research became a specialty of the U.S. Navy from very early on in its history, and the Navy has continued such missions into the 21st century. From its very early roots, polar exploration has captured the imagination of the American public. The Navy's first endeavor dates all the way back to 1839 with the Wilkes expedition to the Antarctic waters. This expedition, which ranged from Antarctica to islands in the South Pacific, discovered that Antarctica was not just a series of islands, but rather a continent. However, the United States wasn't the only country exploring. All of the great colonial powers sent expeditions throughout the world seeking new resources, new trade routes, and a romantic image of glory and fame. Colonial powers sent expeditions deep into Africa, Asia, and the South Pacific, and now to the polar regions. A decade after the Wilkes expedition, the next American polar foray went north. The Grinnell expedition was launched in 1850 in search of the ill-fated, British-backed Franklin expedition. This expedition had set forth for the Arctic from Britain in search of the Northwest Passage. At the behest of Franklin's wife, American merchant Henry Grinnell funded two search expeditions to search for the lost men. Most early naval polar expeditions were public-private partnerships like this, with funding and materials provided by private merchants, U.S. Congress voted to provide additional funding and naval officers to man the ships and send them abroad. Thus, in 1850, Congress provided Grinnell with Navy sailors to man his ships. Grinnell's first expedition was unsuccessful, although his men found one of Franklin's camps. His second expedition, although it also failed, broke exploratory records, collected invaluable scientific and geographical observations, and concluded with one of the most epic stories of survival of all time. With their ship icebound, the small crew of less than 20 sailors set out on a 1,300-mile return journey, alternately sailing their boats through the cold, stormy waters of the Arctic and hauling them over the ice flows by hand until finally reaching inhabited areas of Greenland. It was this second Grinnell expedition that truly captured the romantic imagination of the American public. This love would continue unabated for the next hundred years with American naval polar explorers being lionized by both the media and the Navy. In fact, it continues even today. The film National Treasure, starring Nicolas Cage, features clues found in HMS Resolute, whose wood was used to construct the Resolute desk in the Oval Office that has been used by most American presidents since then. HMS Resolute had been one of the ships sent by the British to look for Franklin and his lost expedition. The pinnacle of American polar exploration was reached by two Navy admirals, Admiral Perry, 
through a series of five expeditions to the Arctic between 1891 and 1909, who reportedly became the first to reach 90 degrees north, and Admiral Richard Byrd, who 30 years later would lead five expeditions to Antarctica. Byrd was awarded the Medal of Honor for his exploits. Scientific expeditions to the Poles continued into the latter half of the 20th century, and a new transit mode was developed. The American submarine force, nuclear-powered and able to sustain themselves underwater for months at a time, would push the limits of their endurance and eventually regularly conduct missions under the ice caps. The Cold War led to a wide variety of experiments and expeditions in both polar regions. This interest continues today, and the Navy currently issues medals for service in both the Arctic and the Antarctic. We will continue to discuss polar exploration in future episodes. However, our object today focuses on a less well-known expedition, although it is every bit as romantic, tragic, and heroic as the ones that preceded it. The Jeannette Expedition set out in 1879 under the command of 1865 Naval Academy graduate William DeLong in an attempt to reach the North Pole. Their ship, privately owned merchant steamer Jeannette, became icebound and after drifting for a year and a half was crushed by the ice in what was by this time a familiar pattern in polar exploration. The crew set out overland, dragging their boats and then set out in a desperate attempt to reach Siberia. Taking to the ship's boats, they were separated in a storm, and only two boats reached land, widely apart. DeLong and his boat survived for some time, but eventually succumbed to the elements. The other boat, led by Chief Engineer George Melville, soon gained help from area natives. Melville returned to search for the missing party. He found DeLong's body along with two others, as well as Jeanette's log and other records. Melville's party buried DeLong and his companions under a rock cairn with a cross atop it. Our object today, the Jeanette Expedition Monument, was modeled after drawings of this burial site. We go now to Jim Cheevers, Senior Curator of the Naval Academy Museum, for a little bit more about the Jeanette Monument. Today we're talking about the Jeanette Monument uh, which has been in the United States Naval Academy Cemetery since 1890. Uh, the Jeanette Expedition uh, to the Arctic uh, left from San Francisco in 1879 under uh, Lieutenant Commander George Washington DeLong, a graduate of the Naval Academy, went up through the Bering Straits into the Arctic uh, and in the second winter uh, the ship was uh, frozen in the ice and just crushed and so they had to set off uh, over the ice pack with, in boats and sleds. Uh, they split into two parties and one party led by DeLong himself completely froze. Uh, they were later uh, found. Uh, they found DeLong's body had been put in a cairn which is a pile of rocks uh, with a cross uh, put on top of it. Uh, so this is the design for the monument here in the cemetery. Uh, the head of the drawing department a man named Culver Caressi in 1890 designed the monument. He, by the way, later became a commandant of midshipmen also at the Naval Academy. Uh, George Culver Caressi was a native of, of Vermont, a very unusual uh, inland state for a naval officer to originate from. 
Uh, but he designed the monument knowing uh, the story of how DeLong had been originally buried in the Arctic uh, with the cairn and the cross. And so it's a gigantic pile of, of stone uh, with mortar uh, with a big stone cross on top uh, with stone icicles dripping off the, uh, the cross. Um, it's also interesting to note that this is the, probably the largest monument uh, certainly in the cemetery here. Uh, but there's no one buried under it. Um, we have several monuments like that at the Naval Academy uh, to deceased naval heroes uh, in which it, they, they are really monuments, uh, not tombstones. Uh, the Jeanette Monument at the U.S. Naval Academy Cemetery. <laughs>